Welcome to No Ideas Original featuring Shanaan, Mr. Rob and Zane. What's up, y'all? How you doing today? What's going on, bro? What's up, bro? Yo, we get we getting it bad, man. Like two weeks ago or last week it was mad cold. Now today is like close to 80 degrees. Is it? Yo, son, the weather's been up and down crazy, son. At night, other night, I damn near slept naked. I don't mean to put my business out there, but <laughs> yo, son, but then the upper did last night. Was wrapped like a cocoon, bro. It was cold last night. Yeah, one minute it's yeah. freezing, the next minute it's mad warm. How the weather down there for you, Dane? You got on your Miami Vice shirt. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the weather, the weather fluctuating, man. Uh, I stopped at uh, a people's house, had a nice little fish fry and all that. Um, the weather was excellent. Now it's chilly, man. You looking, yo? You looking like Steve Stout over there, brother? Nah, I wish I had Steve Stout money, bro. It's coming. Don't worry about it. It's What's coming. Yeah. Which one was the black dude from Miami Vice? Was it Crockett or Tubbs? What's up, Sakaya? I can't remember. Uh, it might have been Tubbs. Tubbs. Tubbs from Miami Vice. That's going to be your name today. Tubbs. Hey, 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 Rob. Yeah. Rob, with yes, me and you, me, you, B, and uh, Shanana, hey, the whole crew get down, we go down to Florida, man. I'm gonna buy a whole rack of shirts like this before we go down there, bro. Yo, yo, you know what the uh, where that shirt is? You ever seen shots of us? The Teddy Brookshot shirt? Brookshot! Original. Original. Yo, so let's get right into it and talk about it. Oh, man. Wait, thoughts on the presidential debate? Did you catch it? And what did you think? Yo, let's start, start with Zane. Zane, what do you think, bro? Man, it was it was uh, it was it was organized confusion, man. Like um, that 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 by far was the worst debate presidential debate that I that I've ever come across. Um, it came to a point, honestly, like within the first couple of minutes, I just wanted to turn it off. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it was, sounded, it was it sounded like crazy. It did, bro. It did, man. And 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 and, and what I'm thinking now. Based upon how this presidential debate went a couple of days ago, I'm thinking they have to raise the bar. They have to have it to where, okay, if you have to remove one podium, then do that. Or if you have to just straight cut off the mic of the other presidential can, uh, candidate, then do that. You can't you can't do that because it's, it, it wasted everybody's time. Yeah, Honestly. Yeah. It was terrible, man. It was yeah. terrible. It was a terrible showing. And for that to be what leadership looks like that's who's leading the free world like come on son you guys is arguing like six-year-olds but on top of trump lying about bringing back big 10 football <laughs> right right it was amazing son he hey, lied hey, about hey, rob rob robinson uh, tell me this right i'm gonna go last as far as this question what would y'all rate that from from like an a through f i say f but LMNOP. <laughs> that shit was the worst. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man. And the history, in the history of debates. I'm not even talking about presidential debates. I'm talking about debates in elementary school, junior high. Right. <laughs> but these, yo, these dudes are in there fussing and complaining. Sniggers yeah. say your son is on drugs. I'm like, like, what are you doing? Uh, bro, that 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 was a low blow. I would, I would, I would, I would have to go over there and knuckle that dude down for that, yo. Like, 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 how do you how do you stoop so low and talk about the dude's child? Like, you, you don't do that. And then on top of that, on top of that, Joe Biden thought that he was talking about the other one that died, and and and, and which which and then Trump was like, nah, I'm talking about the you know basically told me he's talking yeah, about yeah. the other one. I'm like, but still, you don't you don't. You don't put people's family members and stuff like that, cause that's 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 something that everybody's watching across the damn nation, bro. You don't put stuff out there like that, and then that that actually forced uh, Joe Biden to go in and look in the camera and say, yeah, you know, people at home have people that have relatives that you know suffer from substance abuse and X Y Z. You know what I'm saying? But you don't you don't you don't do that. You you don't you don't pull that. That type of tactic out like that. Here's my notes from the debate. So I say, first of all, to me, like we all agreed on, worst debate in the history of debates. The moderator was poor. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, I don't know why they would have agreed to this to begin with, with Trump. They needed a fact checker. They didn't have a fact checker. Not that yeah, it was a lot about everything. Yeah. Um, and then you yeah. know what else was interesting? They lumped 
violence and race together as a topic. Right. Or like the, it was it was supposed to be two minute segments, I think, and they had violence and race together as a um a topic. Mm-hmm. And then I put that mute button. Which, 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 which demonstrated who's violent. Who's more violent out here? Who's the one starting these riots and these right. protests? And who's right. coming with their flags and everyone got a group they're down there where they got the new group, the Proud Boys. You ever seen that? Sneaking yeah. punching each other in the stomach as initiation. <laughs> and yeah. they oh my God, yo, we're in danger because the rest of the world is looking at that. Mm-hmm. And they're telling themselves, you know what? America's a piece of shit. I can yeah. go there and do what I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, the status quo about America and other countries. Like I got to tell you, I, I met some Nigerians. Mm-hmm. And Nigerians tell me they got a term for America. They call America the golden cup. Because they think they can come over here and just ask any black person for money. And you can get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's coming over here. So what are other people thinking about before they come over here? I mean, it was definitely a, a horrible representation of the country. That was the third highest rated debate all time. But here's the interesting thing. Because people down. like a shit show. <laughs> it, was, it was down. It was down 13% from Trump versus Clinton. Um, but that's not factoring mm-hmm. in streams. Yeah, that's not factoring in streams. So I don't know if the difference is that people streamed it, but I don't, it seemed like it would probably was on every channel. You know, I know I watched it on cable TV. I didn't watch it on my phone. Man. Um, I caught it. I would, it's funny. We was talking about YouTube earlier. I just happened to be going through YouTube and it was live. I said, let me look at this shit. He's right. arguing and the, 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 the moderator was like, hold on, hold on. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I can't watch this. <laughs> but listen. You know what's funny too, fellas, though? Hold, hold, hold on. on. Let, me make, let me make this point, Zane. What? And I think we spoke about this with the elder. And we, we, we referenced um, Mr. Claude Anderson when we talk about economic base, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We have, we as melanated people need to work on our economic base. But there was something about what he said because the uh, Republican and Democrat, they're just mm-hmm. wings, of, they're, they're two wings of the same bird. Let's just keep it real. Right. Mm-hmm. They're two wings of the same bird. And if we don't have an economic base, anything that supports us will wear just say if No Ideas Original was popping. We're popping where we know a candidate that's looking out for small business, small businesses. Son, mm-hmm. we got no, that, that's, we, we write the nigga a check <laughs> and say, look, we're supporting your movement. We're behind your campaign, whatever have you. But we're not mm-hmm. in a position to do that just yet. And we need to get in a position to do that to where if there is a candidate that we like, we hold off just like, Dr. Claude Anderson said, don't vote Republican nor Democrat. Just like things mm. like how you vote, Chanon. You vote independent, yeah. hold your vote, and then see what candidates out there that, you know what I'm saying, mirrors your 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 your, your incentives or the things that you're looking to get out of these guys and hold them to it. But we don't have no economic base. And they don't give a shit about what we think. They just want us to show up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, look, we talk a lot about voter suppression. Um, yeah, voter suppression is alive and well, but I think that the reason why the numbers, the ratings were down is because there's voter depression. Like, I think people are just very, very disappointed in the candidates that they have to choose from. You know, there are many people who can't stand Trump and there are people who aren't too keen on Biden either. And right. I think as a result, there are a lot of people that's like, yeah, I'm just going to sit this out. You put that in the mix with black people feeling like their vote don't mean anything anyway. And then that, you know, it's gonna be less votes than it was last year. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Zane, you were saying something? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, uh, something like this would be on uh, uh, Saturday Night Live, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Saturday Night Live is gonna do it. But the funny thing about it is that we already saw what should have been on Saturday Night Live before it even happened because you don't, you're not supposed to be a leader of the free world. The quote unquote free world and yourself like you have you have you have attributes of a five-year-old you know what i'm saying you don't do stuff like that now the one thing that i did like about barack obama and even with even with clinton them dudes had class yo right I you know what i'm saying even, even with even, yeah even with george bush senior 
he had some class to him. And then, you know, George Bush uh, Jr. came in and he had a lot of stuff with him, but he still had some class to him. Yeah, some now, class. Not, but you know something, bro? Bro? I think huh? we've been there. We've been there and we've done that. We've already lowered the bar for what we yeah. expect from the highest office in the land already. So everything that showed up on that screen to me wasn't nothing, wasn't nothing new. I'm going to tell you this. I initially predicted going into this, I'm like, you know what? I think Trump is going to wipe the floor with Biden. Just because to me, Biden seems He's to, not aggressive uh, enough. Yeah, yeah, aggressive. yeah. But I, but I honestly felt you like- could, you, could tell, you could tell Biden's health. Biden's health was affecting him too. I can't see him last. If he wins, yeah. he should. I don't see him lasting a whole eight. I see him doing four. And mm. then there'll be, there'll be some young and up and coming youngsters that are coming out. Um, mm. Biden performed better than what I anticipated he would perform. He was more controlled. Yeah, he was more yeah. under control. I, get, I give you that. You know, the debate this year, I think, was a lot more challenging for Trump than it was when he first debated Hillary Clinton. And I think the reason why is when he debated Hillary Clinton, he wasn't, he didn't have policies to stand behind. He didn't have a record. He had a personal record and people knew who right. he was as a person or who they thought he was as a person from his business. But mm. when actually now with him being in office, you know, people know, they know his political views and where, you know, where he stands and everything. And all those things were called into question. Like yeah. Biden definitely looked a lot more presidential than um, right. than Trump. And you could tell Biden was a more polished debater. Like he knew, he knew to look in the camera and right. talking to you and this, that, like the game. He's his, his greatest asset is also what people probably can't stand about him. Like he's a career politician. So yeah. for politicians, you look at them and you be like, yo, this everything this dude is saying is FOS. Bro, how they how they hold their hand, they talk like this, and you Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <coughs> so I, I um you know, to me it was easy to spot early on when Trump was triggered because right. usually when somebody triggered, you could tell like it, the the whole thing becomes personal and Trump went to like tons, tons of personal attacks on the man. <laughs> And yeah, I, Trump um, is a sucker. Trump it, is a sucker. If he knows some shit about you, he gonna blow your spot. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Right. And, and you know, let me tell you what I was what I was struggling with in that debate. Like Trump said to him, right. you know, your son had these affairs with Ukraine. That to me is fair game because that tells me, like, you know what, you may be compromised when it comes to dealing with foreign, you know, um, foreign foreign, foreign policies and stuff. Yeah, like that. that that's fair game. But then when you start talking about, yeah, and he did coke, I'm like, I, I just don't see the connection of his coke addiction or him <laughs> being a recovery You know, Donald Trump ain't using no coke, you fucking pedophile. Get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, but to me, I was like, yo, I'm not, I can't see how that actually factors into a, de a debate other than- I to do it, yeah. Yeah, like, so that to me, I, I, but the funny thing about it is there are people that responded to that. Like, I've heard people say, like, yeah, you know, Trump won the won the debate because Trump was, you know, really slinging the dirt on him and this, that. And I'm like, this is what you want to hand a, a, a debate for presidents? You want to hear about whose kid is doing coke or, you know, what place people finish in, in class and all this stuff? You really don't want to hear about pure, the issues. Pure shit. Pure shit show, son. And it, and it, and it, 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 it it, and all we thought is just sitting back waiting to hear what the president's going to do for us. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's sad, bro. This is the point I wanted to make. <clears throat> With two people like that, and they say, you know, who do we choose? The lesser two evil. The shit is still evil. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about sovereignty, mm -hmm. anyone's listening, go look up the definition of sovereignty. That's the mentality. When you got two people like that running or being leadership, you got to think of yourself as a sovereign individual, meaning you take care of yourself. You mm -hmm. focus on taking care of yourself, your health, your education, how you eat, how you deal with people, you deal with people with respect, what you give out, you want coming back. You, you start, just like, like OG said, the laws of my art, one of the laws of my art is reciprocity. That what you give, you get back. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can't allow these talking heads and looking mm -hmm. for uh, a savior in them, thinking that they're going to change things for us. No, we need to learn ourselves and start learning how to do things ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Right. And not leave everything up to people like that. Oh, we mm -hmm. we all will be fucked. I'm gonna be honest with you, son. 
There was a Tommy Torres. There was a note that I took that was uh, I took a note for an interesting point in the debate. So there was a point in the debate where the moderator asked Trump to explain why he defunded racial sensitivity training that addresses white privilege and critical race theory. And he responded, quote unquote, if you were a certain person, you had no status in life. It was sort of a reversal. That was kind of that was telling for me because he's implying that the training made white people feel uncomfortable participating in the training. But what's interesting to, to me about that is that he's unable to see that he's basically describing a black person's life. Black Hello. people and uncomfortable for their whole life, and he's talking about somebody in a training how they were made to feel uncomfortable. Oh, son, no, he don't. This mm-hmm. dude don't know what to say out his mouth, man. And that and that alone, that alone should already. Listen, man. You know, we we know what we have. We have to. We just have. We have to change our thinking. I honestly, you know, just giving it to Biden ain't the answer. I agree. It's not the answer. You know what I mean? And with and with Kamala being there, Kamala, whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? We're gonna have to put some pressure on her as well. You know what I mean? It's gonna have to be a group effort. I think someone said earlier, man, as a country. We need to come together game bro he said we need to come together in order to deal with today's today because when the hammer when the hammer comes down it's, it's going to fall on the heads of the people that are divided by ignorance and we t- always talk about knowledge and being well aware and well in tune with stuff this is this is the chance man where whatever you got going on in your personal life start doing better start making better decisions man because if you allow these motherfuckers Positive Soul, Soul 365 say we've been leaning and depending on talking heads too long and the sad part, we too far gone now. But what you're saying, Rob, is 100% right and it has to be taught to our next generation. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's funny. And I I just had a conversation with Kanala and her friend in the car about, you know, we'll talk about this in, 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 in the later segment, about using them phones, man. Yeah, and, and how and how those things are designed, but we'll talk about that when we get yeah. to it. But you it, know, it, he's right. We got to we got to teach our babies. So for real. Yeah. you you know what was um a missed opportunity for me that I think that Trump dropped the ball on. Like everybody knows, the key talking point for Biden is the crime bill, right? You could be, you could all you got to do is is open a newspaper, turn on social media, and that's what everybody's hammering a man on the crime bill. And Trump brought it up, but I think Trump didn't stay on it long enough to actually he got make- emotional he was too emotional <laughs> yeah but he should have he should have held biden down on that and made biden actually answer for why you know why he authored or co-authored the crime bill and what he intends on doing to undo it when the race part came up but instead he focused on a whole bunch of other stuff i think that was a missed opportunity for trump i agree I but agree you know the you other part think, is you pin the tail on the donkey now you forcing him to, to, to find the words yeah. and not mumble the words but find the words that will explain the reason for the crime bill and like you said what are you going to do to reform it yeah the only thing that i could think of is that maybe trump maybe trump's thought process behind it was that you know what i'm polling at i think he's polling at seven or eight percent african-americans and there's nothing that i could say that's going to sway the african-american voter Frankly, I'm gonna be honest with you and watching those debates and everything, I don't think that there's an undecided voter at this point. I think mm-hmm. people, there's there's three types of voters in this election to me. Either you're voting for Biden, you be voting for Trump, or you're not voting at all. Right, I don't right, think right. there's somebody in the middle that's like, I'm really waiting to hear Biden say something that's gonna move me over, or I'm, or I'm really waiting for Trump to say something that's gonna move me over. I think there are more people inclined that if they are undecided to be like, I'm just gonna go to Ronald Biden because of how people feel about Trump. But right. I don't, that's I really where it's at. Yeah, I think Trump has a base, and I also heard a lot of in that in that debate. I've also I also heard a lot of coded language. You know, when you start talking about um, the mention of Democrat-run cities, Democrat-run cities. Hmm. You know, so to me, when I heard that, I'm thinking, I guess I guess what he must be referring to is the hood, the ghetto, places like that. Democrat-run cities. You know, so yeah. I, 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 you know, Listen, man, it's Operation Get Trump the fuck out of here. <laughs> I think everyone is on that on that wave, and 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 I think because of that, and putting Biden in there, they're gonna hold Biden Biden to the fire. 
it's not gonna make it's not gonna make it an easy presidency for him because people are gonna hold they're gonna hold him to his word, man. And and if it doesn't come out that way, that, them four years is gonna come and go real fast. Yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not sure he wins though. I'm not sure he wins, man. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm I'm in my gut. I'm a little scared. So. I'm not sure he wins. This nigga another four years of this bullshit. Oh my god! I tell you what, I tell you what, man. Um, there's a lot of or very a, a vast majority of people that didn't even catch the first debate. But what do you think about this situation going on? Briefly, because we got other stuff to talk about, of course. But with with uh, this situation with Donald Trump catching COVID. Come on, you know that's the playbook. That's made you look. You looking this way? They doing something over there? Yeah. Yeah, if, I, I, if, if, if he has it, God bless him because his health ain't intact. So yeah. if he attacks his health, he might not even make it to a fucking presidential yeah. election. Yeah, I don't. I don't. If it's, a ploy, if it's a ploy, if it's a smokescreen, look, man, I've been watching this country for so many years, man. They they good and timely with throwing stuff like out there. So now you want sympathy because you got COVID, nigga? Remember with the Chinese disease? You fucking yeah. You changed mm-hmm. the you changed calling, calling all sorts of other shit. What are mm-hmm. we talking about? What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about he has COVID, but prior to today we were talking about the stuff with the Proud Boys. We were talking about the $750 for the taxes. We were talking about the childish debate performance. And now today, we're not talking about the debate anymore. Now today, what we're talking about, yeah, he may have COVID. No, yeah, I'm sorry. serious, Brad. What Mr. Brad said you did wrong, Rob. Nah, son, listen, man. You know, it, I've, I've only been on this planet 47 years, but I know my history, and I watch history repeat itself. These guys are good at technology, man. They throw sound bites out there to have you looking and turning other ways while they got other agendas. Like I said, Democrats and Republicans are two wings of the same exact bird. The same bird that's flying overhead, and that's that eagle, son. You know what political debates are like? I don't know if y'all watch URL Smack Battles. Those URL battles. I do watch some of them. Yo, that's all political debates are, because you know what? There's never a clear winner. All it is is about the spin, who can get their fans and their base and their supporters to go on tweet and go on the news and rally. Trump Trump, Trump was in a URL. He was looking for oohs and ahs, yo. Excuse me. So, Paz Soul 365 says Trump is winning this one, for, uh, winning this one for one reason and one reason only: the land is more sexist than racist, as John McCain and Sarah Palin. Yeah, I just, I, I'm, oh, I'm, not I'm just not convinced that Joe Biden um, has it in him. But I, it's, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not convinced that either one of them, to be honest with you. As a candidate, me either. But let me say this, because two things came up in the, in the midst of this. Um, I was listening one day. I'll be right back. One, one day coming um, coming home from work, I was listening to um, Star. And Star was saying, he was like, you know, and I, I was like, damn, this is interesting. He was like, people are outraged that Joe Biden and Donald Trump behaved that way on, in, in a debate. He was like, but people have less outrage for um, black women on um, these reality shows. So I'm like, yo, where's he going with this? He was like, why do we hold white people in such a higher standard in terms of behavior? <laughs> he said, we looked at that as that, that this behavior is below white people, but we accept it for black people. I was like, man, that's- we a- were, We've been watching black people do this shit. It's just nigga shit. <laughs> we were watching black people act a fool, but still yeah. goddamn long, it's so normal to us. And we've always held Caucasians at a higher regard. They've, they've, they've stripped us of everything, of our God, of our reality. So we look at them as supreme. Some people do. Mm-hmm. So when you see them act out of character, it's like, oh, you act like you you a nigga too, huh? You act like 22? So. Yeah, and then and then the other thing, the other thing that um that came out of this to me is I was like, wow, like, yo, this is what people watch debates for? This is how people view the debates and you think that the person who was most successful in the debate is the person who had the most personal jabs mm-hmm. at, at the other person? I'm like, yo, so you you don't really care about the issues at all. Right. There's no there's no there's no intellectualism. There's no real research. They're going off of whoever's doing their research for them is doing a poor job. 
But you would think that would be the responsibility of one that's doing a debate. You would want to come with a notebook full of stuff, something that you know that people are waiting to hear and listen to. You know what I mean? Because words travel. So if you're that's not using Biden, the right word. That's what Biden was trying to do. Biden, but Biden had a script and he wanted to stick to it. He had a script, he wanted to stick to it. And Trump also, Trump, Trump is, is, is just a dude who's good at stumping, like going out and rallying the base. But if you sit down with him and you tell him you need to intellectualize and make these points and stay on topic, like he just he just had a whole bunch of information or what he thought to be information that he wanted to get out. It's fake news. Thought, fake news. Everything is fucking fake news. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that Joe Biden won that debate, not because he had a great performance, but I thought Joe Biden won the debate because probably because I had such low expectations for him. And I think that he to me he demonstrated that, which I knew that he had a better grasp on policy. Than, um, than Donald Trump. So I gave that to, um, to Joe Biden. Ex experience goes to Biden. Yeah, but would I want to see another debate? I, absolutely not. I don't think another debate is necessary. <laughs> Please don't. don't do that. Don't do yeah. That. Well, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, the way it's going on with this COVID with Trump, hey, it might be end game, man. That ass need to quarantine his ass in Camp David somewhere for 14 days. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Ain't Antarctica somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Like it may, it may just be a political ploy for him to um to use. You know, mm -hmm. I think it is, bro. I really think it is. I, for for me, I think it's. I think it has something to do with the uh, what they call the good old boys. What they call GOP. Yeah. Good old good think, old boys. Good yeah, old I, th I think I think it has something to do with that. I think it has something to do with that. Honestly. Mm. Switching gears to the next topic. So the Wells Fargo CEO said there's a black, the black talent pool is limited. The black talent pool is limited. So I did some research. I was like, wow, like, and, and just to be fair to him, he since apologized for making that statement. Yeah. But seven black females, senior executives have left Wells Fargo in the past 12 months, seven. And mind you, he's saying there's no black talent pool. Um, there's speculation that the bank's culture around gender and race is a factor as to why that they, they actually left. Now, this is an organization. When you have organizations this big, that's Fortune 500 companies, they have usually um, chief diversity officers. They have um, head of enterprise talent. They have all these different people whose sole job is to go out and recruit talent and recruit, be able to recruit talent of color and train and retain them. So I was a little surprised at the fact that he would believe that the um the black talent pool is limited. These four five hundred companies spend tons of money and use tons of resources on getting talent. And talent, when you think about talent, talent doesn't only come from them going to colleges and scooping people out of um school. Recruitment is also looking at your competitor and saying who who are we working with? Who's a competitor that has a rising star that we could bring into the fold in our company? So I, I don't know where he was coming from with this, that the black talent pool is limited, other than probably justifying the lack of hiring or the lack of people of color right. that they have higher up positions. E easy way to smoke screen is you put black people in front of it to throw people off. This is a company that got assets over like 500 billion. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, 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 they, they employ almost a half a million or a quarter of a million, a quarter of a billion people, 266 thousand employees 1500 in my asset management but according to um recruitment and compensation experts the news of job cuts combined with the bank's prolonged battle of reputational issues these niggas is crooks <laughs> these niggas got so many fraud situations yeah they, yeah, they coming off a big scandal yeah so plus 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 within five years they, they had three ceos mm -hmm. who worked work there Right. Who wants to work there? There's probably tons of talent. But here it is, man. Here it is again. This is an opportunity for those who know about finance and got money. Start creating your own, man. We can create our own banks. These guys, they're, they're, they're going through a layoff right now where they're looking to lay off 50 to 60,000. Why are you laying people off if you're talking about this, the lack of talent? Mm -hmm. Talent is sitting right there. So, so I, he's, saying, he's, he's saying black talent. Right. Black talent. I, I think that's just a misnomer because they, they're going through what they're going through anyway, man. People are walking out of Wells Fargo. My neighbor actually was a Wells Fargo um, employee. And because of the allegations and the, the scandals, 
he moved on. He's like, it's too much going on. And we're the ones getting the blame for it. That's why it ain't no damn talent, because he's, 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 he's like, he's pointing people out, like, you know what I mean? Well, these organizations also, you think about, they have mentor, mentoring programs. You yeah, have company. It's, it's, you know, it's almost like sports, you know, when you, when somebody is in now, from a sports perspective, they'll have kids in junior high school that they watching at an early age and just watching, trying to get them to go to a certain college. And that's the same thing. Like you think that they don't have these connections and relationships with schools, that they don't have connections yeah. relationships and they network with other people that's in talent acquisitions and- There's you know, nepotism in corporate America. There's always nepotism. Mm-hmm. And the ones, and usually the ones that sit in senior exec seats are someone's cousin or uncle who can't read or write, mm-hmm. but getting paid a large check. As long as he show up to work every day, you know what I'm saying? He's there. That happens all of, I mean, just my wife and I were just talking about nepotism at her job. Like the CEO of her company hired his plumber's daughter. <laughs> and, 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 and yo, she can't do nothing right. Shit is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Guess, I, think, I, think, I think the one, one of, one of the major factors is that us as black people um, that's looking for, uh, trying to get into the industry as far as banking, we have to also know that there's good black-owned banks out there. Absolutely. Like Industrial Bank, you know, and, and we got to understand that you don't have to go to Bank of America. You don't have to go to Wells Fargo. You don't have to go to Chase and all these other ones. That's right. You know, we get, us, us as people, we got to do our research and keep that dollar within the community That's because right. all these other people are, you know, putting their dollars and keeping it secured in their community. So that's that's how their economy always gets, uh, you know, to be in the front seat and we in the back seat. So we got to reverse, like just like how Brother Rob said earlier, we got to master ourselves. We got to reverse the thinking that we have in order to improve. And anything self first, and then we can branch off and help others. Anything we see. Any of these large conglomerates, they go from Nike to Apple. Anything we see other people do, we can do ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can do exactly ourselves. DJ New York says there's nothing wrong with nepotism. Um, DJ New York, please feel free, chime in. He's right, if I'm hiring my kids, ain't nothing wrong. Continue to um, type in the chat. Let us know what you you know what you know think about this. I'm interested in hearing um, more what you have to say. But you know when I when I when I mean nepotism is that you know someone has a cousin or uncle who needs a job, and they he may not be qualified, but they they'll bring them in. Yeah, that's, they'll, that's they'll learn on the fly. But ex- yeah. but but there there are some positions that you you need the right person in that position. Yeah, that's that, it's important. I think that we make the distinction with that when we start talking about nepotism. Like to me, nepotism if you just bringing somebody in you know and they're in there and they don't have the skill set that's blatant nepotism but if your kid you know or your you know somebody else in your family they actually have the skill set then i think that that's totally appropriate and if you think about a lot of these larger organizations you know law firms um you see like these firms is yeah yeah so you know that's i I, I bear witness to it 20 20 years in, in corporate america i bear witness to it and and even i was even there was a position for me that was taken away from me because of nepotism. Mm-hmm. And when when the building administrator was like, how come Rob didn't get that position? And when they looked, they was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want this guy. Get him out of here, put Rob in there. <laughs> so it felt gratifying, but I was like, well, why did you put him in here anyway? Why he, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. He didn't, this was shipping and receiving. He didn't know mail. He had no relationship with UPS or FedEx nothing he was just showing up to work delegating a couple of things and then he was out of there it almost like he was a babysitter it's like what what are you bringing to the team yeah pass soul 365 said those are all banks we have to stop investing in nike polo lv etc etc absolutely yeah yeah i think what attracts people though is um like you said zane like that the ability to actually do the research and to find out what these other banks have to offer and then I think some of it is also like brand recognition. You know, people are in college right. and business right. school, and you're in business school, and your dream job is, you know, what I want to, I want to work in, um, in, in, in business management for Citigroup or 
or case or whatever it is. And we just haven't done a good enough job, I think, marketing ourselves as reputable bankers or reputable bank owners to attract that level of talent. But I want to put that out there by saying that just because it's not just because it's not commonly known doesn't mean that, you know, I don't want to discredit what's going on at the black banks because I'm certain that they've done a, an excellent job recruiting. Oh, yeah. To work at Black Bank. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you brothers uh, brought that up because I'm about to read off a couple of, uh, well, not a couple, but several Black-owned banks that people need to inquire about. Because I know we have like followers, you know, New York Metropolitan, DC Metropolitan, and Shout down out. south and elsewhere. Shout you out, got, bro. you have, you have Carver Federal Bank that's in New York, nice. City National Bank in Newark, New Jersey. Harbor Bank of Maryland, of course, down here in Maryland and Baltimore. Black United home. Bank of Philadelphia. Black home. Right. One United Bank in Boston. Industrial Bank, which I mentioned earlier in Washington. Right. First Independent Bank in Detroit. There you go. Alamera Bank in Birmingham, Alabama. Commonwealth Bank in Mobile, Alabama. GN Bank in Chicago. Liberty Bank in New Orleans. Mm, so right for there. those that's listening right now and in the future, those are some of the banks that we can give business to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Powerful three six five says there's no return on on our investments there. I think I think he means the um, the bigger banks, or are you referring to the banks that um, that Zane just listed? Yeah, but in any event, a lot of this goes back to exactly what we always talk about, like people's willingness and desire to actually educate themselves. Right, become financial, be, become financial literate. Know the language of money and how it works. I'm still learning, and my, my wife is teaching me now just to save, how to keep a dollar to the left. You know what I mean? I opened up a Robinhood account. I also opened up other accounts where a little bit of change when I'm spending using my card, the change goes into account. Mm-hmm. They use it, they trade with it, whatever have you. And be yo, and at the end of the month, yo, I got a nice little cushion for me to do whatever, you know what I'm saying, that I wouldn't have normally done with fifty cent and sixty seven cent and this little change here. It just it just builds up. Learn how you know, learn learn those different things. They got all sorts of apps that's out that you mm-hmm. can, oh, you can you, you can attach your banking account to and help you save money if you're not good at saving money. So, Zed, let's go to Zane first and then Rob. Zane, you accept the uh, the CEO of Wells Fargo apology? Uh, no, <laughs> because a lot of a lot of a lot of times you got to figure if things are said privately and you don't know about it. But when things are made public and you know about it, that's when people want to, you know, apologize. So at the end of the day, for them, for them to go through three CEOs in the past what five years, mm-hmm. that's the cautious. That's the culture. And then, right. And then one of one of the one of the main things was I'm sure everybody knew uh, a couple of years back was when Wells Fargo opened up, well, the employees opened up almost two million fake oh, bank accounts. Because they had to keep up with the numbers. They, it was a lot of pressure on the employees to keep up with the numbers and the standard, you know, of what they had to do to reach their quota. So the you're standard. gonna have where this bank has almost two million fake bank accounts, fake pen numbers, unnecessary accounts that these uh, people that had accounts were were, were were having attached to their name and their social security number. You know, so then, so you, so you have to look at it. That's that's straight fraud. That's like uh, I just don't understand how. And still to this day, if you guys notice, none of them big top dogs, big fish, ever went to jail for that or prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, they got money. Yeah. Money keep you out of jail. <laughs> what you say, Rob? You for you? Uh, you accept the Wells Fargo? Nah, listen, man. I'm a forgiving man. Listen, like I said, it's damage control, and he did that to save save face for what he's dealing with now. I mean, what? I don't. I don't see any CEOs have been talking like that about us forever, and that, and that's and that's why I implore us to work on ourselves. We don't need these individuals for loans or whatever it is. We can do it all our own. Will it take some work? Hell yeah. But if we don't start thinking like that, we'll always be looking at articles like this and they'll say this about this and then we'll forgive them because 
We looking for handouts. Gotta think sovereign, man. Yeah. That's it. That's- yeah, I, I, I can't accept this apology. Um, to me, the best way for him to apologize is to, is to actually put some action behind that apology. So, like I said, they already have a talent acquisition department. You know, we need to see some representation in their leadership positions. If he's truly sorry, then make a commitment to actually getting some talent in there or developing the existing talent that you have in there. Like I, I, I'm not buying that. Like there's a vast majority of people in banking that they could easily get somebody in there. You got so, two, you got 266,000 employees mm-hmm. and just 1,500 in asset management. That's really where the bucks is at, asset management. And yeah. you can pull, you can't pull no stars out of. Pastor <laughs> uh, says you guys are empowering the culture right here in this podcast more than our quote unquote leaders right here right now. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, brother man. Listen, yeah. man, yeah. I, I I said this a while ago when Shannon we started this podcast. I said this gives me an opportunity to unload some of the stuff I've been reading and wanting to share because I I, I know. A good 90% of my peers do not read. No, I'm not bashing you. Some people don't like to read. Well, let's look, look, let's be fair. They 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 read, they're just not reading probably academic. You know, yeah, they're not no. academic because they probably reading social media and Yeah, they reading the fucking comments and niggas join. So <laughs> But you know, because I like reading, because I like knowledge and I like information, I just thought this was the greatest platform ever just us two just chopping it up about you know stuff that we go through every day or see our people go through every day so mm-hmm. appreciate you homie we yeah. trying our best man yeah so this next topic comes from zane not zane rob actually put me on to this netflix movie the social dilemma and you know we we just started talking about like so just social media in general and the impact that the internet has had on society so we thought it'd be a, a, a good discussion to have. Um, Zane, I don't know if you had a chance to see the movie yet, but it's a really good movie. Yeah, you should check it out, Zane, if you have to see. The Social What's Dilemma. Again? If y'all get a chance, check it out, it's on Netflix, nah. The Social Dilemma. It's, Yo, it's, a, it's, okay. a great, it's a great documentary, if you will, but it, it talks about our addiction to these phones, these tablets, all of the senior execs that started Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Like button on Facebook. Yo, they've all left. Mm-hmm. But now who's running it are the up and coming techies. But one of the things that was disturbing to them is that because of the human nature in which, you know, we all reside, there's certain triggers that I have us overemphasize things. Like there's just certain, certain things that I have us just drawn to it. And one of the things that um, uh, came to my mind are you know symbols. If you know anything about symbols or how symbols work in the human imagination, that that's what gives you the imagination. That's why when, when you when you watch a commercial, they can flash the Apple sign, the Timberland sign, the Jordan sign, all these different symbols galvanize galvanize us to go out and support these labels and these brands. And what what they do in and so many Facebook and and, and and respects is notification and algorithms that repeat themselves. These guys have it set up where you're almost like a voodoo doll. And they can package all ever since you've entered into the at one time it was called the web, but now it's called the internet. Ever everything you don't subscribe to, they have been collecting this data. And they've been taking your data and manipulating it so that when you come and you swipe down and you're sitting at a certain page for 10 minutes or two minutes, they're calculating all that. But then they're repackaging your brain back to you to mm-hmm. keep you so interested and then throw little subtle stuff in there. They said it's complete manipulation. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Rob. I mean, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up. And they're competing. Right. Hold on, let me finish this point. They're competing with each other just for your attention. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, though? We all have, uh, once we download any type of app or we lo- or we sign up for any type of social media platform, 
there are the rules and regulations and headed, coded, decrypted stuff in there that we have to break down because as we know also, once these smartphones came out and once we do the voice command with Siri or whether you have iPhone or, you know, and what happens is, and I'm sure you guys know this and a lot of, a lot of the family down here and friends down here have it too, where you can talk about something you don't even got to be by your phone or on your phone, but your phone is always active, even even when it's turned off. But while it's on, you could be in your living room talking or whatever, watching the game, whatever it is, having a conversation. And then when you go to social media, whatever you talked about within a matter of minutes is on your phone. Of course, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's their business. Their business is to right. that. Let me tell you something. I'll have figure out what so they, they got computers under fucking ground, underwater, that's just just going back and forth, sharing information, finding out the best way to bring your ass back, keep your phone in your hand, send you a text, send you a chime, send a fucking emoji. <laughs> All these different ways of just pulling you in. And emojis ain't nothing but hieroglyphs. So they already speak to us. Black people in general speak through signs and symbols. That's how we identify what we are. This is how we differentiate metaphors when you talk a sign. Even when you, you come towards, if you're a driver and you come towards a yield signal, you see yield, but the first thing you see is a fucking triangle. Same thing with a stop sign. You see a fucking pentagon. You're looking at signs and symbols, numbers, letters. These are symbols, but they're used to manipulate you or used to carry certain messages and a lot of times the hidden message people aren't getting people go out and run go get a hamburger because burger king came on you know what i mean and it works and it works on your uh, uh, uh on the emotional world so you know one of the mental health situations about social media is depression i think there was a poll that they did uh young girls between the ages of 10 and 14 suicide went up 189% because they were so attached to the like button. So you sent out a picture, you're expecting to get 20 likes and you only get two. Now your self-esteem is in the toilet because you think no one likes you. That's some crazy shit. And it gets even worse with the older girls from 15 to 18. Suicide, depression, all these different things, but in social media, you got people repeat. You got people reposting shootout fights. I, I, I do a study sometime on my joint. I post a picture of me and my wife. I get all the love in the world. I post the next, the very next. I post. You must drink water all day. Two I, I get nothing. <laughs> Two likes. But you know something about the about the documentary? I'll say like um. I thought it was a good documentary. I thought that they intellectualized something that we've already all figured out. That all those social media is designed to bring everybody together is really tore people apart. And the reason why I say that is because it has become about instant gratification. Like you said, like people post pictures or post stuff to get likes so much that if they don't get likes, people they'll remove the photos or remove the posts. You know, everything is about this validation. And, but, that's and, a, but that's an emotional response. That's an emotional response. You shouldn't have an emotional response to a tool or a device. You're using it for a purpose. Just look at the cancel community. That's a, a, a bunch of emotional motherfuckers canceling people because they don't like somebody. And they got a, a community for that shit. Yeah. You a know, our community telling niggas, nah, we don't like him, get rid of him. Like, really? The danger, the danger with it to me, though, is that I think that um, social media has created this this whole false narrative around who people actually are like online people could be anybody i know i know a lot of people in real life that i see online you know that i'm like you're not this is not who you are you know in, in real life in real and life. Also equally dangerous because there's also an opportunity for people to disseminate misinformation like once right. upon a time there was there was so what so-called reputable news sources where you would get the news and you would do your research but now people have become so lazy nobody's trying to research they just get a tweet they just get a posting and then they just pass it along like oh this looks like something that may be valid let me just 
That's my point. And people become, and plus, people become very trendy in what they do, and they just repeat it. Like I, I watched. I said the day that um, Chadwick Boseman passed away, I said I know my face. My my whole social media is gonna be lit up. Every everything I looked at, I was getting a black pen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anyone even read the damn book? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure they have it. I'm sure they have it. Do, do they understand what anything? The metaphor for Black Panther, and the, when the next time we have the OG on, we gotta get OG to talk about the Panther. The, the, the Panther. scary thing about it, though, is I, I look at like the younger folks that is just hindered their ability to make friends in real life because now you don't have to have conflict resolution skills. You get into it with somebody online. What do you do? Block them. He said they, 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 they were saying kids don't even. Hey, don't even speak, hey speaking, of, speaking of Instagram, I got literally, I got literally like 6,000 people blocked on my Instagram, bro. That's my But the effect. No, 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 seriously, yo. Like a, a large percentage, I say about. Shit. It's a that's a high percentage that I do know. I know a lot of fucking people. But at the end of the day, but if you if you if you posting up some some negative stuff or just you know, it, I, I can't I can't I can't rock with that. I can't rock with that at all. So the social the social dysfunction that's happening in in our youth is these young these young guys and girls they don't want to date. Taking someone out on a date is like. Like fossil fuel or something. Yeah, because you don't know how to engage people unless it's via the phone. Kids, kids don't even want to go out and, and are inspired to go get a driver's license because mm-hmm. they, they're scared of car crashes. They don't watch the fucking video about car crashes a thousand times that it's already embedded in their subconscious that once they get in the car, they're gonna have some sort. Yo, listen, man, listen, my people. We need to revisit, get a healthy balance. There's nothing wrong with social media, just like there was nothing wrong with the bike or microwave. When new technology comes in, of course, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna incite you to want to know about it. But find a healthy balance. Find a way where you're using it for a purpose, not just on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Make a conscious decision to revisit yourself in the nature. Go hug a fucking tree. Go sit by some water. Remember, we had we had the um the app developer for B Perk on B Perk started his um his social media network. And you know that's one of the things that I think that he was trying to figure out like how to reduce the amount of time people are actually on the app and reduce the pressure that comes from being on social media. Um but I think like anything else And I'm guilty. Know, look listen and, and not to cut your wisdom, I'm guilty of flipping through my phone while in bed and as and so, and, and soon as I get up in the morning, I'm reaching for my phone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just instinct. Yeah, we become conditioned. What's going on early in the morning? Yeah, you become conditioned. Let me check the weather. Well, you know how you could tell that it's so much on people's radar now and that people realize that it's a problem? I mean, I, don't, I know on the, on the iPhone, they have built in the timer thing that tells you how long you've been on, you know, what your app usage has been. And that's supposed to be designed to help people get a sense of how much time you actually spend in utilizing these apps. I don't know how much people, how much time people actually spend on it, but you know, they're thinking or pay attention on how much time they spend on it. Some people ain't paying attention because the phone has replaced television. Yo, let me say, let me say this though. Also, like, um, I had an experience before because I think you know we talk about social media, but I think also emails have created this instant gratification. Just the nature of social media and the internet to me in general is about instant gratification, right? So, you know, when you send a DM to somebody, your expectation is that the person is gonna see the DM and they're gonna respond to it. But it's the same thing with emails. Like I remember working at a company and there was a woman that, you know, she was was from an outside organization but we were doing business with her. And she would email us and she would email us all day long. And then finally, I remember trying to have a conversation with her about it. And she was like, well, I'm just trying to get this information out to you guys. And she didn't understand what I was saying. I went to a supervisor and I said to a supervisor that if you send emails to people all day long and you know that they got a phone on their hip, like she would literally follow up like, hey, did you get my email? You know, standard email etiquette is you got to give people time to actually respond to the email. You know, let a person read it, take it in and think about what the appropriate response is. But we've just we've just become this whole culture of where people just want, they want that instant gratification. Yeah, like, yes, I need my phone on your hip, answer my email, answer my DM. 
answer me yet. I send it to you two seconds. Like, get out of here, yo. Get back up, man. So, so there's work. I think there's work to do for um, kids, but for adults also to figure out like how do we separate from the um, from the phones. Like, I'm not gonna lie. The phones do have value, though. You know, from a networking standpoint, like more more so now than ever. There's just direct to consumer with everything, like you know, for people who do music, for people who sell their fashion, whatever it is, you get right to your consumer. With right. it. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, but sir. you know, some people that's just abusive of social media, and See, I'm not convinced it. everybody needs a plat needs to have a platform. But we're, we're we're using it for a tool as a purpose. We're on here trying to shed some light with our peers on stuff that may they may not have read on or, or seen on CNN or. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're 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 kind of we're, we're becoming a conduit of information where it, it, it's helping. You know what I'm saying it's not harming. You know what I'm saying, and I and I think because of that, because if not, even even the documentary said if we don't get a handle on it, they're already they're already looking for civil war, <laughs> destroying the civilization through willful ignorance. And that's my concern. playing the, 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 the climate change is different. The, the 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 economy, all things is going to change if people get themselves so enamored with being on their phone or in front of a tablet. I remember there was a it was a documentary I watched. And I might have mentioned this before on PBS, and it talked about the nature of play, how that was going out the window because our kids will become screen kids. All of our kids in front of a screen. They don't know what it is to go out in the woods and pick up a snake. Or cricket, uh-huh. or catch bees, or you know what I'm saying, just just fuck around, play in the mud. Just you know, they don't want to do that because at two, they already got a goddamn cell phone. Yeah. And why do you think immune systems? Are, why do you think immune systems are compromised now? Yeah, son. Because you haven't, you know how you call it. Part of the reason why our immune systems were a lot stronger back then is because we had the exposure. You were outside all day. Exactly to the elements and stuff like that. But just to circle back around on this stuff with like the platform. You know, like to me, there's just there's a lot of stuff that people put out, you know, in an irresponsible manner. And I just I just, you know, I think it's dangerous. I think that I'd like to see people, you know, I don't see an issue with sharing information, but I'd like to see people get a little bit more um, interested in actually researching the information that they receive before they repost it or retweet it or or stand behind it. And when you research and you look for something, it makes for a healthy discussion, a healthy conversation. When you're talking with somebody who got something to talk about, mm-hmm. yeah, you know I mean? we, yeah. we we we're wasting a lot of time flipping through our phones with woeful ignorance. This shit that don't need we don't even need to be looking at, let alone reading. Mm-hmm. They don't you know, have like I said that that prefrontal cortex. That's what we're designed. We're designed to recognize symbols before we recognize words and put words into sentences. You look at symbols first. So when you see symbols, it already triggers. When you see an Apple symbol, you're already triggered. That's an Apple user. You see a Jordan, you see a McDonald's, whatever the symbol is, whatever the logo is, you've already, once you've ingested it, it's already triggered to know what to do behind you. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. educate yourself, people. Yep. And now with the advent of, uh, <laughs> well, not the advent, but now with, COVID introduced in the mix. We got to be even more. And then, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, fellas. Have any of y'all seen that mural that's at Denver Airport? No, sir. Take a look at that mural on Denver Airport, and that's 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 going to show you uh, what the situation is right now. Yeah, okay. Take a look at that. I remember um, in high school when you when I went into the gymnasium, these niggas still had a mural of <laughs> white men on horses in a cotton field. Word is bond, son. If Gary's here, my man, G, anybody that went to Evander, when you go into oh, the library, giant mural, they scratched out the white man's faces, but these niggas are sitting on horses with whip. And black people are picking cotton in your library. Mm. A giant mural of that. Disgusting. You talk about a symbol or a sign that's already reading. You in the library, that's the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yo. So I'm gonna say this before we end. For those that are on, if you haven't watched those, those that two part series with Kaba Kamini, you don't know what you're missing. Like yo, the elder dropped some real jewels, some real wisdom on us. That was like one of my favorite conversations that we had. I feel like we had a lot of conversations. Big shout out to the elder, Kaba Kamini. Yeah, Kaba Kamini. That was a gift because you know, you know, like like we always say, man, we're trying to we're trying to set set a platform for people to learn, man. And I've learned all all my knowledge came from the foot of a from an elder. Mm-hmm. That's what inspired me. That's what got me to be positive. It came from someone older than me and see a Rob, you're doing a good job. Oh Rob, you're doing a bad job. Clean your shit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we appreciate um having the elder there. Man, check that out, man. I think y'all will enjoy that. Yeah. And then Monday, we got Monday coming up. We got the DJG Money interview that we're gonna be premiering. That was a great interview. If you guys haven't had a chance to check out G Money's show, um, Flip the Script. Of course, he's on Flip the Script with Queens Flip, but he also has his own thing that he's doing, Picky Eater. Picky Eaters, yeah, that's my favorite. Very, um, Shout out DJG Money. Yeah. So, like, comment, subscribe. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Good show, man. I'm glad we had this show, man. We talked about some good topics, man. Let's Definitely. do it. Let's have more shows like that. Happy birthday to Kanala, man. Happy birthday, Nala Beans. My baby's birthday. She turns twenty. About hey, fellas, happy happy belated birthday to my cousin Celeste. Happy birthday to my cousin Cancun, and happy birthday to my brother Brandon. Shout out! They all have they all have birthdays like right at the end of September, man. Shout out to them kings. I know a couple of Libras out there. Shout out R two, Keisha Bush. Shout out to my faggot ass friend Bubs. His birthday is coming up too. It's a couple of Libras out there. I think my sister's a Libra. I know a couple of Libras. Libras are good people. Man, animals are Libra. Hey, yo, God, man, you about to have the LBGC people come at you, man. Whatever. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Good night, everybody. Thanks Me. for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe.